Welcome to the 85th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Anna Maria Alferi, author of the historical mysteries Invisible Country and City of Silver. And I promise not to ask this in every episode, but I did want to ask again, if you enjoy these interviews, if you enjoy this podcast, if you could just take a quick two to three minutes and leave a review in iTunes, it helps other people find the podcast and the interviews. Otherwise, stay tuned for the interview. Thanks. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Anna Maria Alferi, who is the pen name for Patricia King, and we can discuss that during the interview. We're conducting this interview at Thriller Fest in New York City. Anna Maria's novel, Invisible Country, is a historical mystery set in Paraguay. It's been described as a cross between Isabella Linde and Agatha Christie. Anna Maria, welcome to the podcast. I'm very happy to be here with you, Jeff. Sure. Well, if the listeners haven't heard about Invisible Country before, how would you describe the novel? Uh, well, it's a historical mystery. It takes place in Paraguay in 1868 against the background of the devastating war, and it involves uh, the search for some lost gold, uh, a dead body uh, who's an extremely uh, important person who was in possession of that gold when he died, and a group of Paraguayan villagers who are trying to save an innocent from being accused of the murder and the theft of the gold. So it's a kind of um, thriller, uh, adventure, murder mystery, um, and it, there's a lot of romance in it too. Great. Well, have you lived in Paraguay? or How did you decide to write a historical mystery with that setting? Well, I, I write about South American history. My first novel, City of Silver, took place in the Spanish Viceroyalty of Peru in 1650. And um, I take an interest in South American history, and I like the fact that I write about uh, periods of time and events, in important historical events, that most North Americans don't know anything about. And I think that, I, I'm, in fact, I'm sure that, um, mystery readers really like to learn about something other than who done it. They like to read novels that tell them about something in the background. And I, I find South American history fascinating. What, the thing that drew me to this particular period is that this war killed 90% of the males between the ages of 8 and 80 in Paraguay. And uh, the, the story really begins with a priest going up to the pulpit to tell the, his congregation, which is predominantly women, there, there are 50 women and I think six men in the church, and he tells the women that they should forget about the rules of the church concerning marriage and get pregnant any way they can. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and then the real trouble begins. <laughs> <laughs> so so how did you um, originally get interested in South American history? I have a friend who is in the development business. He's he's worked in uh, development for the Peace Corps, for Catholic Relief Services, for USAID in South America, and he 
started to tell me stories like the one I just told you. And I thought, wow, I don't know anything about this. And I was already focusing on writing um, murder mysteries, but uh, not historical and not this period, when I thought this would be a great place to set uh, a murder mystery. And so it, he drew me into that, and now I'm deep into South American <laughs> history. And so, uh, I mean, given that, what was the research process like for you? Was it kind of intimidating? Uh, well, N not really. Uh, I, I'm not a scholar. I'm not a historian. Um, I was a businesswoman most of my life. And I just um, read and read and read and trusted that I would be able to get a feel for what was going on. The, um, this novel was actually going to be my first one, be and I went to visit Paraguay. Uh, I have an, an intrepid, uh, wonderful husband who drove a rental car all over Paraguay with a woman who couldn't speak Spanish. Uh, <laughs> he, he, uh, and, uh, and so we went there to get the feel, the smells, the air uh, of Paraguay. But the rest of it I learned from books in the New York Public Library. <laughs> And did you um, did you have anyone who is familiar with that historical period read the the novel before it was published and give you any feedback? No. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, uh, first of all, I think it would be hard for me to find anyone yeah, yeah. who was uh, who was familiar with it, and um, I I read probably. 29, 31, I forget, as the count was up <laughs> in that range, books right. about it. Mm -hmm. And so I think I got a feel for it. And of course, the history doesn't need to be 100% accurate. Right, right. I try yeah. to really give an accurate account of what went on, but I serve the story. Uh, to me, this is not a history book. It's a story, it, it's sure. a story and it's got to move and it has right. to be a page turner and it has to have uh, a lot going on. And history doesn't usually move at the pace that a thriller does. Sure, uh, sure. Well, well, I know that, um, you know, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Anna Maria Alferi is your is a pen name, and I know that you published nonfiction books about business and careers uh, under Patricia King, your, your real name. Have you always wanted to write mysteries before you wrote these two books? I wanted to be a novelist when I was nine years old. <laughs> uh, I, uh, and the... Uh, but I was born uh, in Patterson, New Jersey, in a working-class neighborhood, and kids who grew up there in the uh, in the 50s didn't really uh, aspire to be starving artists. You know? <laughs> we wanted to get a good education, get a decent sure. job, and get out of there, and that's what I did. But I never stopped being in love with fiction, writing fiction. I studied literature in college. I really... Um, uh, was an aspiration for a long, long time before it became a reality, and I love my job now. <laughs> That's great. It's the only job I've ever had that just fills up my whole skin. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. So, so what are you working on now? Are you working on a third historical mystery? Uh, the third one is pretty much done. Mm -hmm. um, I was very, very fortunate, especially for a person who doesn't write a series. I mean, my series is South American history. Right. Uh, mysteries, but it doesn't have continuing characters. Right. It's not the same time and place. I wasn't smart enough to research <laughs> one time and stay there. Uh, I'm jumping from country to country. But um, after uh, City of Silver, 
my publisher gave me a two-book contract for the next two. So this one is Paraguay in 1868, and the next one is Buenos Aires in 1945. So this is, and, and it's fun because the people have cars and telephones. Yes, yes. <laughs> Great. Well, um, given your experience thus far, what, what tips or advice would you offer for aspiring writers or someone like yourself who always wanted to write fiction in terms of getting published? The, the best advice I ever heard I heard in an Edgar Award acceptance speech was a young man years ago, I wish I could remember who it was, but uh, he said that uh, he held up his Edgar and thanked his publisher and the people that people thank. And then he said, but I have to thank my wife because every time I said, I give up, she said, a real writer wouldn't quit. <laughs> And that's my advice. If you're a real writer, you probably can't quit. Now, I couldn't have quit. Somebody could have held the gun to my head and, and said, you're never going to write another word of fiction. I would have, I, I might have died, or I might just have written it in my head and not written it down. I just right. think that way. Yeah. Well, um, what books, fiction or nonfiction, have you read lately that really made an impression on you that, that you would recommend, that kind of stuck with you? Huh. Uh, well, I uh, I read a lot of nonfiction right now. I'm I'm uh, working on what I hope is going to be the fourth novel, and I'm reading about Giuseppe Garibaldi in South America. But um, I don't know that that's relevant to this conversation. <laughs> um, I'm uh, uh, reading uh, Irsa Sigudardotter's uh, wonderful book uh, called Ashes to Dust. And uh, she's Icelandic and, uh, like me, uh, writes about exotic places. And I like to read about exotic places. Um, I, uh, so I, uh, I'm in the middle of that now, and it's a, it's a, real, uh, uh, it's a really wonderful, dark, and uh, delicious. Uh, so uh, that's one. And um, let's see. Uh, Oh, I, you know, um, I, uh, I've been uh, reading the uh, series uh, about Brazil by Leighton Gage. Leighton is a wonderful writing colleague, and uh, every once in a while I turn around and he's written a blog about some South American historical character that I think, <laughs> I have to save this yeah. because I could use it. And uh, he has a wonderful book uh, called A Vine in the Blood. That's, uh, that's a really good book. Um, I don't have, know. Have you have you looked at um, any other mysteries that are set in South America, or, or are you nervous about doing that? No, I'm not. I'm not. I I, I like to read fiction about South America. Mm -hmm. I like to see other people's take right. on the terrain. Not not so much for plot or that sort of thing, but uh, the details of how they bring especially an American reader who probably doesn't know much right. about what goes on there, how they bring it alive for that person, because that's what I, one of the things I really want to do. I love traveling, and I love being in uh, unusual places, and I want to be able to pull my reader in there with me so they can feel like they're really walking around in the place. Given, given that you have a unique setting for your novels, have you gotten any feedback from, from readers? Uh, you know, talking about, you know, wow, I really enjoyed learning about 
this or experiencing the setting? That's one of the things that readers always tell me uh, that they enjoy. They, uh, When City of Silver came out, it's about uh, a city that still exists. It's at 13,500 feet and it is in the Altiplano of what is now Bolivia. And uh, people wrote me letters saying, I want to go there, I want to see it. <laughs> and um, and you're going to cause a tourist boom in Potosi uh, b just because I fall in love with the places and then uh, I try really hard to communicate that to people. That's great. Well, where can people find you online? Uh, www.annamariaalfieri, A-L-F-I-E-R-I, -E -I, it's all one word, .com. And, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Well, again, we've been speaking with Anna Maria Alfieri, author of Invisible Country. The book is available in bookstores now, so you should check it out. And Maria, thanks for doing the interview. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Sure. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.